0: Welcome to Animal Rights, the Abolitionist Approach Commentary. I'm Gary Francione. This is our seventh No Frills, No Bells, No Whistles Commentary dealing with issues of animal ethics, the abolition of animal exploitation, the failure of animal welfare reform, the importance of ethical veganism as a moral baseline, the importance of creative, nonviolent vegan education as a primary form of animal activism, and the general importance of the principle of nonviolence. In this commentary, I want to discuss with you an event that happened to Anna and me on Saturday evening. It was a very uh, upsetting event, Uh, but I think uh, I, I, I drew some lessons from it, and I would like to share them with you and share the event with you. We were driving home, and as we got close to the street where we live, we saw that there were some vehicles parked off to the side with their lights flashing. And we um, we we pulled our car up, and we saw that there uh, there was a, a deer had been hit, and she was uh, she was off on the side of the road. And so we pulled the car over, and uh, we got out and approached. The the uh the situation and and uh and i asked whether any of there, there were uh, five people there there there, there was a, a a couple a man and a woman and then a father and two teenage sons and um i asked if any of them had hit the deer and they said no no she had been there when the, uh, when, when the man and woman who apparently were the first to see her came on the scene and pulled over and then the other, the other three came and, uh, and there was a discussion they were talking about how horrible it is that someone would hit a deer and leave her in this way and uh, not do anything it's obviously that she's suffering, that she's, she's injured and, uh, and just leave her and not do anything not even stop or, or uh, attempt to do anything and they were talking about how horrible this was and and um and then we all uh, and and the 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 man from the couple was on the on the on the ground sitting next to the deer and he had his arm around her and he was petting her neck and he was talking to her softly and and um he was obviously very concerned he felt you know he he was expressing uh, emotional concern it was it was clear and uh, nobody was joking. I mean, they were all talking about how, uh, how how seriously the deer was injured and and what should be done. And and I said, well, I think we should probably call the police. And uh, the, um, the the uh, the father of the the two teenage kids said, well, yeah, but if you do that, the police will just come and shoot the deer. And I said, well, I'm not really sure that there's an alternative in this situation because it appears to me as though uh, she is. Uh, she's not going to get up and scamper away. She's bleeding from both her mouth and her anus. She has, uh, in all probability, uh, serious internal injuries. And it looks to me like her back legs, uh, at least one of them, looks broken to me. And uh, there's really not an alternative uh, because under state law, veterinarians are not permitted to treat animals that come under the jurisdiction of the game commission. And so we couldn't take this this deer to an emergency veterinarian anyway because they couldn't legally treat her. So, I. one of, the, uh, one of the men who was there said, well I have a knife in my truck uh, and I said, well no, why, why don't we just call the police because I've, I've dealt with these situations before uh, with deer car collisions and people leave injured deer in the road and, and I have called the police and they've been pretty good about coming out fairly quickly and they, they shoot the, the deer and it's very unpleasant and I wish it didn't have to happen but I don't really know what else we can do in this situation and so uh people seemed pretty concerned and upset and and um but the consensus was that yes i should call the police and have the police come and shoot the deer and uh so i did i called 911 and i asked for a police car to be dispatched and uh and and the operator said that would be done i got off the phone and um and we were all continuing to surround the deer and someone and i don't remember who it was i th- i think it was one of the the um the 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 younger kids i they were you know nineteen, eighteen, nineteen 18 19 years old and one of them said uh it's a real shame because somebody should really eat this deer and i i thought at first he was um I, I I thought at first he was just making a, a very bad joke, and and the moment he said that, um, everybody sort of chimed in and said, except except Anne and me, I uh, chimed in and said, "Yeah, that's a good idea. It's a shame to waste the deer. Uh, somebody ought to eat it." Now, interestingly, the up until this point, before we started talking about her as food, the the words that were being used were she and her to describe the deer Uh, and now the discussion had shifted to this deer being food she became an it and they all began to talk in a very animated way about yes hunting season was just about to start and how great hunting season was last year and it would be great to have some venison before the season started and you know do you think that they you know that the 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 police officer would let them uh, take the deer uh and after he shot the deer you know could could they take it home and eat it and uh obviously Ann and i were a bit taken aback by the situation just to, to, to say the very least and and um and i said uh so you are all hunters and uh, they said yeah we're we're archery hunters I uh, and uh they they uh you obviously know what that means they use a bow and arrow and um and yes we're archery hunters and um and they said did you hunt and I said no no actually uh actually I don't and then one of the young men who was there uh I I, I think he immediately perceived the fact that I was not a uh a hunter as meaning that I was critical of hunting which of course I am but he said well you know I you may not be a hunter but our hunting these animals really is no different from your going down to the store and buying them in fact the deer have a better life than the animals that you eat that you buy down at the supermarket and i thought that was absolutely fascinating he was ready for it i was i the moment i announced i wasn't a hunter he was expecting me to be critical of hunting but he didn't he, he wasn't expecting that i was going to be a vegan and so he immediately pointed out quite correctly that most deer have a better life than most of the uh, animals that we purchase in the supermarket even at whole foods or at any one of the of the um, happy meat supermarkets you know uh, that that the deer have a have a better life than the happiest of the happy meat that the large animal welfare groups uh, tell us is a really great moral alternative, and so he was ready for that I mean he was ready uh, he was ready to 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 address that issue and i said well i said i uh, i said i don't need animals at all and interestingly nobody you know, it's not that I was uh, uh, you know it's not that they all started joking or calling me names or or being abusive in any way as a matter of fact uh, they were they uh, they they indicated that they were understanding of that position and they said oh okay and then I said to them you know I said let me ask you this As somebody who who doesn't hunt and eat animals and and who who finds it very troubling finds all of this very troubling when you guys go out and shoot deer with bow and arrow you obviously don't kill them immediately and, uh, and 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 how do you feel about that and the man who was sitting on the ground who was petting the deer and he was still petting the deer he said he, he then he took his other hand and he said well he said he said this is where I always try to I try to hit them I try to hit them in this area, this lung area, because if you hit them in the lungs they go down pretty quickly. And and then everybody was chiming in saying yes, that's the way to do it. And 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 one you know one of the younger men said, um, oh well you know last year was my first year and you know and I I I shot the deer and the deer went down almost immediately. And and uh, you know if you do it carefully, it's you know and and but but everybody acknowledged that there are a lot of deer who get shot in places which um, in which they don't drop, in which they're able to run off, and then they die in in uh, lingering situations. We discussed that. And it was fascinating to me that we were having this discussion. While this deer is alive, while this guy is sitting on the ground, petting the deer, and while all five of them, none of the five of them stopped to eat this deer. None of the five of them were thinking about that until the discussion developed. They were they were there because they saw an injured deer at the side of the road, and they weren't exactly sure what to do about it, and and um and that they were concerned and they were outraged that someone would hit this deer and would leave the deer at the side of the road. But and then the police did come. The deer was killed, and the. Uh, the father and two sons took the, the deer off to their house and and uh, I guess butchered and have probably already started eating her um, in any event it was a very interesting experience it was a horrible experience obviously and um, it was tragic it was, uh, it was one of those things where after it's over with and you go home you just sort of sit quietly and you don't say much because it's uh, it was profoundly upsetting but, and I wasn't yesterday able to actually do the podcast. I, I tried to do the podcast and I really uh, wasn't able to. I was still pretty upset about what had happened the night before. And I, and I still am. But I want to share with you a couple of thoughts. One is, this whole incident indicates what I'm talking about when I say... We are a society in which the delusion and the confusion about how we think about our relationship to non-humans is so incredibly deep. It is so pervasive that to try to compare speciesism, I can compare it morally with other forms of discrimination, but as a sociological matter, to try to to compare it to other institutions like human slavery, where there was a lot of opposition and there was a lot of awareness. I mean, human slavery was always a very controversial situation, or when people talk about the Holocaust, which was a a, a, a an event that was organized. It was a top-down event. It was organized by uh, a relatively small number of people. Obviously, there had to be people who were complicit in it, but nevertheless, it wasn't something that was consumer-driven. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a demand-driven. Uh, uh, phenomenon. And there were a lot of people who were opposed to it. Um, In our society the consumption of animals for food is pervasive. People don't even think about it. Indeed here we have five people stopping and they stop because they see an injured animal, and they're concerned, and they're morally outraged that somebody could leave this poor animal on the side of the road. And they're they're there, and the guy's there on the ground, and he's getting you know he's getting blood all over himself while he's petting this deer, and he's he's talking to her, and he's you know and he's she's trying to calm her, and and it was it, it was a it was clear that there was a great deal of confusion here also interesting that that when they stopped and when they were talking about her and when we were having our initial discussions about her it was a she not an it you know, the word was she not it the moment that we started talking about her as food then she became an it and that was very interesting because it showed that there had to be a shift that, that while they were dealing with her as another sentient being in need she was a she. And that when they started thinking about her as food they needed a linguistic shift that helped them make sense of that and it was interesting because after the first after the first mention of eating her then they all used it for the rest of the time after that because they were talking about hunting and they were talking but they were talking about eating her they were talking about hunting generally and so we were no longer talking about sentient beings that we have any sort of relationship with we were talking about the other we were otherizing her and all of her companions that we're going to start killing in a few weeks when hunting season starts. So, so the language shifted to otherizing her. It was also interesting that the moment I said I wasn't a hunter, their initial response, or at least that of the, of the, uh, the kid who had responded to me, Um, was yeah well but before you criticize us because you're not a hunter keep in mind that what you're doing is really no better than what we're doing indeed by eating animals that have at least been running around for a little while before we pump arrows into their lungs or whatever we do with them they've had a better life than the intensively farmed animals uh the including the happy meat animals uh that you buy at the grocery store and it was interesting that that was that's was his immediate thought and i i what resonated in me was i used to go to a lot of anti-hunting rallies i used to be invited to speak at them and the last one i went to i remember it very very clearly Probably six or seven years ago, I went to an anti-hunting rally, and there was a, a television station there, and they interviewed me after the after the uh, after I gave my talk about the situation and why why uh, the hunt was uh, was a bad idea. And she said, "You have a secret agenda, though, don't you?" And I said, um, "What do you mean?" And she said, "Well, she said you're opposed to this hunt," and she said, "But." But you're also, you know, why don't you just come out and say it? You're opposed to people eating meat altogether, aren't you? And that's, that's really what the agenda is, isn't it? And I said, uh, actually, I said I would take it further than that. I said I'm opposed to eat, to people eating any animal products, whether it's meat or eggs or dairy or wearing wool or, or leather, things like that. Yes, I said I, it's not a secret, absolutely not a secret. And, and um, I said I thought I even made some references to that when I was giving my talk a few minutes ago. And, and, um, and so I chatted with her for a few more minutes. And then I was reprimanded by the animal people who had organized the demonstration. Because they said, why did you have to say that? Why, did you have, why couldn't you just say we were opposed to the hunt? And I said, well, I said, because first of all, that wouldn't be honest. And secondly, do you think people are really that stupid? Because if you do, you're wrong. Because someone who is sitting there watching TV and watching a hunting you know, demonstration against a hunt is going to say really but what's the difference between hunting animals maybe I wouldn't want to do it myself but what's the difference You know, these guys are eating these animals so what's the difference I mean I eat animals I go to the store I buy them it would be hypocritical of me to oppose what they're doing I mean most people can really see the connection and most people if they think about it will come to the same conclusion that that kid came to on Saturday night that the animals that these people are hunting are probably leading a better life on the whole in most cases than the happiest of the happy meat, the deliriously happy meat that is being sold by whoever is getting the, the labels that they're getting from all of the large animal welfare groups in this country and so I think it's important to um, to see the complexity here. And you know, on on Saturday night, we were dealing with five people, five other human beings and this poor little deer. But I'm talking about the, 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 the human animals right now. You can call them what you want them because they're hunters. Well, what you want to call them because they're hunters. You can refer to them as, you know, with all the names that sometimes uh, people seem to be able to use with, uh, without much hesitation you can call them moral monsters or Nazis or whatever you want to call them but you know what they were five human beings who stopped because they saw an injured animal and they were concerned and they were concerned about her and they were concerned about whether she was going to get up and run off or whether she wasn't going to get up and run off They were concerned about her. Then they started thinking about eating her. And she became something different. She stopped being someone. She started being something. But it was very, very interesting how the paradigm had to shift in their heads from her being a sentient being that needed help to being Food, to being something they ate, something that in a couple weeks they would be going into the woods and killing. They had to otherize her. And what I'm suggesting is, you know, are you ever going to be able to educate all those folks and get them, you know, get them to sort of see the, you know, the the a different way of looking at things and getting them to embrace veganism? The answer is no. But you know what? a lot of them could be educated. And I was dealing with five people who were not moral monsters. And if I wasn't in that situation, if I wasn't in that situation, which was not the best situation to have a, um, a uh, theoretical discussion in, I'm sure that, with res- certainly with respect to the guy who was sitting on the ground sitting in the blood, in the puddle of blood, petting this deer. Do I think I could get him to see it a little differently? I have no doubt of it. And I'm hoping that I see him again soon. Maybe I'll run into him in the supermarket or maybe I I will see him someplace else. And I'm hoping that I have a chance to sit down with him because I am convinced... That that's exactly the sort of person who could benefit from creative, nonviolent, vegan education. Somebody sitting down and saying to him, I don't want to talk about the fact that I think, you know, his exposure to the animal rights movement, I'm sure, has been up to this point. People screaming at him about what a horrible person he is. And he doesn't even understand why he's a horrible person. Because he says, hey, what the hell's the difference between what what I'm doing and what everybody else is doing? He's probably been yelled at by animal people who aren't even vegan. Which is really ironic, isn't it? You know, you have people who, not even vegans, who are participating directly in animal exploitation, running around lecturing people about participating in animal exploitation. So he's probably never had a discussion with somebody who hasn't already prejudged him morally as a moral monster. And who wants to explore what his different feelings were and to explore the inconsistencies that he demonstrated very, very clearly on Saturday night. They all did, as far as I was concerned, but this guy in particular. They all did, but this guy in particular. We need to educate people. We have failed to educate people. We need to understand that animal exploitation is pervasive in this culture, it is considered the normal default thing to do that's why i keep saying attacking the supplier makes no sense whatsoever the suppliers wouldn't be doing what they're doing if we were not demanding animal products we're the we're the source of the demand the politicians Would not be favoring animal industries if we didn't allow it to happen. But the real problem is our demand. We need to be educating people. We can educate people. Saturday night was an example, it was a really up close and personal experience with moral schizophrenia. And it really showed me something. It reinforced something that, that I know because I deal with students all the time who are, you know, who are, are hunters or who are people who have never thought about this issue and come into our class thinking that you know this is going to be uh, an opportunity for them to win arguments because obviously there can't be any compelling argument in favor. Of our not exploiting animals, and they come out being vegans, a lot of them. But I am convinced that many people care about this issue, but they don't know how to care about this issue, and they don't understand what caring means in this context. They don't see their own inconsistencies. That's what creative, nonviolent vegan education is all about. Thank you for listening. If you're not vegan, go vegan. It's easy. It's better for you. It's better for the planet. And most importantly, it's the morally right thing to do. And also remember that if animal rights means anything, it means peace. It means nonviolence. The problem is violence. Violence is going to be no part of the solution. Thanks again for listening. Join us over at abolitionistapproach.com.